All right, so good morning. My name is Ashley, and we'll be doing yoga and meditation. I think there's nobody... Have You You said it was your first time? This class, okay. Welcome. We uh, do about an hour of yoga and then a half hour of meditation, and then I have a Dharma talk and discussion for us. Uh, that's the plan for this morning. Um, if you could turn to your neighbor and introduce or reintroduce yourself. <laughs> it's not Friday morning. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, um, so last week's topic was um, was vulnerability. And uh, this week, I want to follow on from that a little bit and talk about self-compassion deeper into the class. But I had a quote that I wanted to read to you to start with. This quote is from uh, Neil Gaiman, and I thought it was really appropriate for the topic of vulnerability. Um, Neil Gaiman's an author, and he's a, a writer. The moment that you feel that just possibly you're walking down the street naked, exposing too much of your heart and your mind and what exists on the inside, showing too much of yourself, that's the moment you may be starting to get it right. That's a tall order. Tall order. So with that, let's do yoga, shall we? (laughs) We're going to do naked yoga today. (laughs) It might attract more people or less. (laughs) I think there is naked yoga in San Francisco. I've heard of it. Yeah, I've heard of it. I've heard of it. I haven't been. All right, let's stand up, actually, and um, take your uh, right foot and massage the floor with it, because the floor needs a good foot massage. Uh, And you might notice any tender spots, and you could even go on the outer edge of the foot or the heel. Get that foot... Go in both directions, not just one direction. Mine's tender. Is yours tender? Yeah. Parts of it, yeah. And then really bend at the toes. Just push at the toes. Okay. Let's try the other foot. Oy, oy, oy. This one's more tender. We need our feet. What? No foot, no horse, yeah. Yeah. No foot, no yoga. That's not even actually true, though, yeah. 
Yeah, we could do one-legged flamingo yoga. <laughs> All right, and then really bend at the toe. Bend at the toe. Well, good morning. All right, and then put the feet together and uh, bring your hands to right above your knees and circle your knees. And my aim here actually is to get your ankles and your feet circling. So let your ankles and feet circle. And circle the knees in the other direction. And come on up, separate your feet, maybe, you know, hip width, and just let the feet roll side to side. So you roll to the inner edge and the outer edge, just side to side. Keep the knees nice and soft, and go tender if you have tender knees. Okay, and then pick up one foot and circle the ankle. Balance is going to be tricky. Oh, she wants you to come front and center. Oh, you were saving the spot? Yeah. Yeah. Other direction. Uh, And then spread the toes. Ooh. Yeah, and then squinch the toes. And spread the toes. And squinch. Okay, and then try the other foot. The worst is going to happen is you fall over a little bit, which is probably better than doing naked yoga. (laughs) (laughs) I know it doesn't bring good images. It really doesn't bring good images. I, I, uh, for a while, lived in Northern California, a circle in the other direction, and uh, at a massage school, a residential massage school, and I worked in the garden, and there were people that would do naked yoga. There were a lot of hippies there um, by, the, by the pool in the summer when it was hot. It was a, it was a sight to behold. <laughs> no, no. Although I think I've seen naked yoga at Harbin, too. They changed the rules at Harbin that you have to wear clothes in yoga. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah. I'm scaring all of you away. You came for a spiritual day, and I'm talking about naked yoga. All right, all right. Let's find a seat. Have a seat on your derriere. Right? And then once you settle, let your eyes close and take two deeper breaths. Just for a moment, put aside your thoughts and notice that you're here in this room with yourself, with your body, with your mood, 
So may this practice this morning be to your highest good. May it really serve you so that when you leave, you have more, com- uh, more capacity to meet the challenges of your life, but actually also more capacity to offer wisdom and compassion to the world. Let's bring one hand palm down onto the center of the chest, remembering that we embark upon this practice out of care for the body and the heart and the mind. So this opportunity, this practice period this morning as an opportunity to tend to the body, the heart, and the mind out of respect and care. Take a full breath here. Bring your hands to touch, and we'll chant the sound Om. Now, the sound Om is a Hindu sound. It's said to be the sound of the sacred, the everythingness, the sound that connects all of us. We'll chant it just one time. Inhale. your chin, bring your thumbs to your forehead and take a full breath in and out. So here we bow our heads in a gesture of reverence to the great, amazing capacity of the body and also simultaneously and somehow paradoxically the great tenderness and vulnerability of our bodies, bowing to both, holding both. Let's take another full breath in and out. Good. Take your arms up, hallelujah style. It's Thursday, (laughs) and we're going to do yoga. Yeah. Okay. So um, how about coming onto your hands and knees? And you're welcome to put the big cushion, the square cushion under your knees. That can be worth the time to have that under your knees. Okay. And then the hands will be under the shoulders, fingers spread. Inhale, drop the belly, lift the chest and the chin. And then exhale, pull the navel in and shift your hips back towards child's pose. There might be some tender spots or some tight spots. Inhale, back up to hands and knees, pulling the hands towards your knees, sliding the chest through, lift the chin. Exhale, engage the navel and pull back towards child's pose in the direction of Child's pose. Inhale, come back. Pull the hands towards your knees. Slide your chest forward. Lift your chin at the end. And back you go. So back and forth, just like so. At your own pace a few times. Just getting the breath and the body to move. 
Noticing any tight or tender spots and inviting your mind to settle into the simplicity of the practice. Mm. You'll do one more. And our yoga party will meet back up on hands and knees. Once you get to hands and knees, step your right foot back with the toes on the floor, toes curled under, and then push uh, a little bit into that back foot to stretch through the calf. So you're pressing, actually um, particularly pressing the hands forward to stretch the heel of the back foot Back. Ooh, check your head. Make sure it's not hanging so the ears and neck are in line with the rest of the spine. Big breath. And bring the knee in, and you'll step the other leg back. Toes curled under, pressing through the calf muscle. Big ball of a calf. Getting a little bit of a stretch there. Keeping the head upright. And your opposite knee will be on the floor, I think. So the foot, yeah. Okay. Bring both knees down. Bring your knees towards each other. Curl the toes under and shift towards child's pose. But you won't get very far because your toes are curled under right away. Inhale back up to hands and knees. Drop the belly. Lift the chin and the chest. Exhale, pull the navel in, shift back, hips back, toes curled under, inhale forward, and you'll do two more of these, exhale and keep the toes curled under just to stretch through the feet, you might notice tight spots or tender spots in your back. And then when you're next back, with the hips back, toes curled under, you'll stay there for a moment. Step your hands, half a handprint, closer to your knees. Round your back. And then take three breaths here. If this, for some reason, is fairly easy with your feet, pull your inner ankles towards each other. All right, walk your hands back towards your knees, lifting your head up a little bit. Come as far as you can. Do what you can. Don't do what you can't. Toes are curled under, maybe coming all the way back. It's toe torment. Although I haven't heard of anyone's toes falling off. Keep the toes curled under. If you can't go far back, keep your hands forward. That's hence the instruction, do what you can, don't do what you can't. Big breath, wherever you are. Uh-huh. And then come forward, uncurl your toes, and give a little... The calvary is here. Okay, come on up to standing. Ah. Okay, so have your feet together. Ooh, there's a, a have your um, cushion. So you'll need a round cushion like this. If you don't have one, there's some in that closet, and it's worth the trip to have a cushion. And you're going to put it, if you have the kind with the beans, you get extra karma because it's heavier than the other kind. 
So put it between your legs. Uh oh. <laughs> All right. And then have your feet close enough together that you can squeeze your cushion. But if your feet are too close together, it might feel like you're growing bow legs. So feet close enough together that you can squeeze without pushing your knees sideways. And feet not too far apart so that you don't lose your egg. All right. Inhale, arms up. Lift the heels up. Oh, okay. Exhale, heels and arms down. I don't know that I should do this right on the edge of the stage. (laughs) All right, let's try. Inhale, arms up. Lift the heels up. Exhale, down. That's your pattern. Do a bunch of them. And see about pulling your inner ankles towards each other. Uh-huh. Remember that we're practicing yoga to tend to the body. Um, so if there's something that's difficult, uh, that um, it's not a mistake or something that you need to complain about. This is challenging. All right, so I'm going to make it even more challenging. All right, inhale, arms up. Lift the heels up. Stay heels up. Interlace the fingers. Inhale, arms up. Exhale, heels and arms down. Ooh, la, la. All right, you got to get your money's worth today. Inhale, heels and arms up. Keep the heels up. Exhale, interlace. Inhale, up. (laughs) Exhale, heels down and arms down. Can you do that pattern on your own? Just make something up if you're falling over like I am. One more time. Remove the cushion. Lay your egg. Uh, Feet a little bit closer together. Let's try it without the cushion. See if it's easier. It's either going to be the same or easier or harder. (laughs) (laughs) Inhale up. Exhale. Inhale. Again, inhale up, heels up, exhale, inhale, stay here, heels up, bend your elbows, hands on the back of the body, inhale, arms up, exhale, heels and arms down. Hey Nancy, why don't you come in front of the chairs, inhale, up, interlace, exhale, inhale, up. Exhale, hands to the back. Inhale, arms up. Exhale, arms down. Ooh la la. Separate the feet and forward fold. Down, down, down you go. If your back is tender, brace your elbows on your knees. So respecting the body with its great capacity and its limitations.
One more breath. And then step back into downward facing dog. So hands at the top of the mat, feet at the back of the mat. Uh And then right away, inhale, knees to the floor. Look forward. Exhale, child's pose. Inhale, hands and knees. Look forward. Exhale, downward dog. Let's try that again. Inhale, knees to the floor. Look forward. Exhale, child's pose. Engage your navel. Inhale, hands and knees. Exhale, downward dog. Okay. Um, Press your right heel into the ground. Push that right heel down just to stretch through the back of the leg. Uh Big breath. Press your left heel down. Uh Big breath. Press both heels down. And then lift both heels up. Both heels up high, high as they go. Tushy high, tushy high. Drop your head low. Uh-huh. Big breath. Okay, let your heels press back down. Shift forward to plank pose like you were going to do a yoga push-up. So the hands are under the shoulders. The feet are under the ankles. If you have tender wrists, you can do this on your elbows. Uh-huh. Do what you can, don't do what you can. If this isn't working, drop your knees on the floor. Mm-hmm. Take a full breath wherever you are. Gazes forward. Good. Come all the way down on your belly. Down, 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 down. Uh-huh. Keep your hands, palms down under your shoulders. Tuck your chin so your forehead's down. Uh-huh. Have your feet together. Good. Inhale, lift up your chest and then your head. Pull your hands towards your heels. Exhale, tuck your chin. Let your forehead come back down. So we're going to keep the hands, palms down under your chest. And we're going to go up and down. So inhale, lift up the chest. No weight in the hands. Lift the chin. Exhale, come down. That's your pattern. Do a few more of those as you come up. Pull the hands towards your heels. This is strengthening the muscles in the back of the body. And you go down on an exhale. Uh, respecting the body and its limitations. So if something feels injurious, you can change what we're doing. Do something different. Or just wait. Uh, good. Good. Okay, so finish the one you're on. Separate your feet so they're hip-width apart. And you'll do a few more here. Inhale, shoulders come up, and then the head lift the chin. Exhale, come down. Your hands can stay just where they are as you come up. Without moving your hands, just pull the hands back towards your heels. Coming up on the inhale, down on the exhale. Uh Do just one more here. Good. And then let your feet be as wide as the mat. And you'll do about four more of these. Inhaling, lifting, and exhaling, coming 
down just like so. Make it really simple. Mm -hmm. And lead with the shoulders. Let the shoulders lead, and then the head moves. Okay, do one more. Uh huh. Good. Once you finish, flip over. Keep your head towards the top of the room and just flip over like you're a piece of tofu getting grilled on both sides. Do you feel like a piece of tofu? All right, bend both knees, have both feet on the floor, naked tofu. (laughs) And then come to a complete stop. Come to a complete stop here. All right, take the right leg up towards the ceiling. Just stick it up there towards that impossibly high ceiling. Spread those little yoga toes and press up through the heel. Uh Notice the back of the body flat on the floor. Uh Inhale. Exhale, uh, circle the leg towards the back of the room, away from the head, towards the exit. Just right hovering off the mat. And then inhale, bring it back up. Exhale, leg towards the back. Uh-huh. So it's uh, circle is, is a little maybe not precise. So it's going in a linear movement up and down towards the floor. Circle in the sense of the foot is kind of tracing a circular movement, but it's staying forward. Uh-huh. So... Here we go. Exhale here and inhale here. Yeah. A picture is worth a thousand words, isn't it? Okay. And then uh, when you get to an exhale, pull the knee into the chest. Uh Inhale, straighten the arms. The knee moves away from your chest. Mm -hmm. Exhale, bend the knee, pull the knee in. The knee's going to stay bent. So inhale, straighten the arms, the knee moves away. Exhale, bend the knee, knee moves in. Two more, inhale, and exhale. One more, inhale. And when you exhale, pull the navel in. Okay, now the free leg is the left leg, reach it away from your head, right off the floor. Optional. I mean, the whole class is optional, but optional is lifting up the head towards the knee. If you lifted the head up towards that knee that's in the right knee, you can put a hand behind your head to support the back, to support the back of the neck here. Uh Engage your left quadricep. Engage your belly muscles. Flatten those belly muscles down. Begin breath. Exhale. If the head came up, put it down. Bend both knees, both feet on the floor. Take the left leg up towards the ceiling. Uh Do this little teeny adjustment where you lift up the head, lengthen the back of the neck, and put the head down. Okay. Spread the toes of the lifted leg. Relax what's easy to relax. Okay. Big inhale. 
Exhale, lower the leg towards the back of the room, along your mat, away from your head. And inhale, bring the leg up. So this is your pattern, exhaling. And inhaling. As you exhale, pull the navel towards the spine. This will be maybe subtle. Inhale, the leg will come back up. Keep the breath and the movement going, but when you exhale, engage your belly muscles. I like the word tone. Tone is quite nice. Good. Do one more of those. Neck as soft as possible. And then bend the left knee, hands on the knee. Inhale, straighten the elbows, knee moves away. Exhale, bend the knee, knee moves in. Two, oh, a few more of these. Inhale. And exhale. Now, when you inhale, let your rib cage lift and expand. And when you exhale, pull the navel in. Okay, when your knee is next in, you'll keep it in. The free leg, extend it towards the back of the room, off the mat, so nice and engaged. There's a a pressure of the bent knee and the hands towards each other, so they're meeting each other. This is called isometric, an isometric exercise, where we tone the muscles and work against, uh, the muscles work against each other. Optional is lifting the head up towards the knee. If you've done that, put a hand behind your head to support your head. Good, good. Engage the belly as best you can. Uh, One more breath. Put the head down if it came up. Bend both knees, both feet on the floor. Lift your hips up. And then here... Take three or four breaths. Oh, tushy up. (laughs) Picture is better, isn't it? Okay, so three or four breaths into your rib cage. Have a sense of standing on your feet. Uh Tushy muscles are engaged a little bit. Outer shoulders pressing down. Uh Back of the neck might even be stretching a little bit. Just depends on your body. This one, dear... Um, put your hips down for a second, and then then lift your hips up. So you can put this back when the hips are down, but when the hips go up, it's too much for your neck. Just for the long-term health of the neck. Okay, let the hips come down. Bring your ankles and knees towards each other. Ankles and knees towards each other. Feet stay on the floor. And then open the knees out to the side. Okay. Do you get a stretch? A little hip stretch, inner thigh, groin stretch. Inhale. Exhale, close your knees towards each other one-third of the way. And then inhale, open. Exhale, close the knees one-third of the way. And inhale, open. This will be your pattern. You'll do two or three more of those. Uh Working your inner thighs. 
and your low belly. And then next, once the knees are one-third of the way closed, you're going to just pause there. Keep breathing, but let the knees hold so they're lifted one-third of the way closed. Uh-huh. Keep breathing. If you start to quiver, that's good. It's working the psoas, the deep hip flexor muscles. Uh-huh. But quivering to me in a yoga class always feels a little vulnerable. Does that happen to you? I mean, there's so many things in a yoga class that can feel vulnerable falling over. I mean, let alone naked, right? That's a joke. But like, you know, falling over or quivering a little bit. Pull the knees the rest of the way together. Use your hands. Pull the knees into the chest. Uh-huh. Okay. Feel the back on the floor. And then uh, hands will come behind the head. And you'll bicycle the legs, alternate elbow to knee, just like so, to get your abdominals abominabling. Just like so. If you find that this is too much for your neck and shoulders for whatever reason, again, respecting the body's capacities today. You could put the head down and do just the legs so that the yoga practice is really a way to tend to the body, to refresh the body. You can train for a marathon later. And here, um, we're interested in the process of the practice of yoga more than the outcome, which is an interesting maybe not so familiar way of being in the world, the process of the practice, how we are to ourselves, how we practice, is it with kindness or is it with judgment? Ooh la la, that's a long speech. Head down, feet down. Come to a complete rest. Hmm. everything aside just for a moment. Okay. You'll roll to your right side. And we are going to come all the way up to standing. Even though I think floor yoga is delightful. All the way up to standing, and you'll turn and face the regular front of the room. Mm-hmm. Have your right foot forward, your left foot back. Hands to Namaste. Uh-huh. Inhale, bend the front knee, take the elbows wide. Exhale, straighten the front leg, hands together. Inhale, lift the chest through, and exhale. That's your pattern. Do a few of these. And then what you'll add next is a little pause at the end of the inhale where you pause the movement and the breath, just for one second. 
So when you inhale, the knee will bend, the arms open. At the end of the inhale, pause one second, and then straighten and exhale. I'll do that two more times. Bending the knee, inhale, pause at the end of the inhale, just one second, and then keep going. One more time on your own. Okay, and then next, it's going to be fancy. You'll pause at the end of the inhale for two seconds. And if it feels like it's nourishing you, you could pause for three or four seconds. If it's nourishing Okay, let's have our yoga party meet with the front leg straight. Walk your hands down the front leg and forward fold. If your hands are on your front leg, balance can be tricky on this one. If your hands are on your front leg, keep a micro bend in that front knee. I don't want you to lock the right knee. Uh, rinse the breath through you. And then you'll climb your hands back up your leg. Come back up. Hands will come to namaste. Exhale. Inhale, bend the knee, elbows wide.
nourishing. You could add a three or four second pause. And then our yoga party will meet with the front legs straight and the hands to namaste. You'll walk your hands down the front leg into the forward fold, drop your head, and uh, press your back foot into the floor. Press that back foot down. We'll do levitation next week. This week, really grounded in your authentic experience, this connecting to the physical body with all of its tenderness, with all of its strength, with all of its aches and pains. So all of it, this kind of authenticity. Walk the hands up the front leg. Hands to namaste. Exhale. Inhale, bend the knee, elbows wide. And then your next inhale, the arms will go up, and you make a long diagonal from your top fingers to your back heel, and your back foot's pressing back, and your right tushy's engaged. Uh And then each time you exhale, you're engaging your belly muscles, so quite active, even though it's gentle yoga per se. Today, actually quite active, right tushy and your belly And those arms reaching just like so. Okay, then let's keep the arms up. Step the back foot forward. Lift, 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 lift. Separate the feet forward, fold. Down, down, down. You go drop your noodle. That's your head. If you have a tender back, brace your elbows on your knees. You do what you can. Don't do what you can't. And let your body lead you in that experience. One full breath. Hands to your hips. Come on up to standing. And you'll turn to face this side of the room. Take your feet wide. Ooh. All right. Arms will come out. Mm-hmm. Inhale, exhale, right hand down in the direction of the left foot, and then inhale, come on up. Same side, exhale, right hand down, and inhale up. Last one, exhale, right arm down, and inhale up. Exhale, left arm down. And inhale, up. Exhale. Inhale. As you exhale, engage your belly. And inhale, up. Both hands down, bring your feet together. Let's have your cushion... Can I borrow yours for a second? So have your cushion over. Your feet will be wide, and the cushion will be down by your left foot. Right? Just like that. Is that your left foot? Yeah. <laughs> okay. 
So we're going to do the same thing, but the cushion is there for the hands. So all 10 toes facing the long end, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Inhale the arms up. Exhale, left hand down um, on the cushion. You might need to turn the cushion tall if the floor is far away, but you have the hand on the cushion. Uh huh. Inhale, look down. Exhale, turn the gaze up towards the top hand. Inhale, look down. Exhale, turn the gaze, engage the navel, pause. Inhale, look down. Exhale, turn the head, pause. Inhale, look down. Last one, exhale. Engage the navel, pause at the end of the exhale. Inhale, look down. Hands to the hips, come on up. Ooh la la la. Does that make sense? Okay, move the cushion to the other side. Inhale the arms up. Exhale, left hand down. Inhale, look to the bottom hand. Exhale, pull the navel in, look to the top hand. Inhale, look down. Exhale, turn, pause. Inhale, look down. Exhale, turn, pause. One more. Inhale, look down. Exhale, turn, pause. No breath. Inhale, look down, and come on up, and bring your feet together. Hmm. Come to a complete stop. Notice that you're standing here. It might be imperfect. Okay, take your feet wide. Turn your right toes to the right. We have to do warrior two. Bend your knee. I think we do it every single week without fail. Arms are out to the sides. Uh-huh. And then we've been working on this mudra with the hands. So the first two fingers are going to point out. And you're going to turn your gaze right over the right hand. Look across the right fingers. The fingers are pointing. Your focus is steady. This is another one of those yoga metaphors that I love, which is uh-huh. Be, uh, pay attention to where you're looking. Keep your gaze focused. It matters where you look in life, it makes a difference. Practice here, keeping your gaze right over that right hand, steady. Uh, two more breaths. Hold steady. Keep your dignity. Good. Straighten the leg, bring the arms down. And then you'll turn the feet. So the right toes in, the left toes out. You'll bend the left knee. The arms will come out and the first two fingers are together and your gaze is steady. Uh Looking, keeping your drishti is the yoga word, your drishti steady. Our mind and the gaze of the mind is very powerful. Practice focusing here.
So easy to look around and get distracted about what other people are doing on the yoga mat or in life. And here, keep your gaze steady. Keep your eyes on whatever it is you want to cultivate. Don't compare how you feel on the inside to how others look on the outside. Keep your gaze steady. Where do you want to go? Good. Straighten the leg. Bring the arms down. Bring the feet together. Come to a complete stop. That's lovely. Let's have you sit on your derriere with your feet towards the front of the room. Ah, uh, no, we're going to do a twist. Some people like a pillow for the twist. Oh, it's perfect timing. All right, so, ooh, legs are forward. You'll bend the right knee, and you'll twist around to the right. Turn the chin to the right, so your head's moving in the direction of the twist. Uh, Keep your chin right and peek your eyeballs out to the left. Um, If you do this too strongly, it'll cause a strain. So if you are straining your eyes, you're, you're, you know, straining your eyes. And so you could do it with a little less effort. But the, the nose is to the right and the eyeballs are focusing to the left. So the eyeballs and the nose aren't pointing in the same direction. Keep your eyes steady. Notice if, or I should say, when the mind wanders, the eyes have a tendency to wander too. Keep your focus. Okay, let's untwist. Extend the leg, bend the left knee, and you'll twist around to the left. So your chin, to start with, is going left. Lean a little bit into the floor to help you roll the chest up. Keep the chin left, let the eyeballs peek around to the right, like you're looking out the right corner of your eye, like a sneaky little look. Moving the nose and the eyes not in the same direction. Keep the gaze steady. Notice how when the mind wanders, the eyes wander. Keep those eyes. Okay, let's untwist. Um, uh, You can sit on a cushion now. Just come to cross-legged or some way that's comfortable. And you'll take the hands. Once you get comfortable, you'll take the hands right over the palms of the the hands over the eyes. And let the head turn down. So it's almost like the face is just very gently. You know how the sunflower gently turns its face down in the summer? Let your face turn down. And the the heel of the hands on the cheekbone, fingers on the hairline. And uh, let your eyes receive 
the kindness of the touch, the ease, the darkness. All right, lift the head up, put the hands down. You can open your eyes. You'll keep your nose straight forward and look up. So don't look up with your nose. It's just your eyeballs looking up and then eyeballs to the right and then eyeballs down, eyeballs left. Keep your nose forward, eyeballs up, eyeballs left, eyeballs down, eyeballs right, eyeballs up. Close your eyes. Melt your shoulders. Uh-huh. Open your eyes, look up. Circle once to the right. Oh, maybe two or three times, actually. See if you can keep it smooth. Mine jump around. Yours might jump around, too, but do what you can. And then circle to the left. Keep your nose forward, just the eyes. Now let your eyes close. Turn your face down, hands over your eyes. Soft breath. Melt your eyes like butter, melting with the warmth of your hands. Let your head come up, hands come down. Keep your eyes closed this time. And we're going to do a breath. It's called square breath. So you'll inhale. I'll count it out, but just so you know what's coming, you'll inhale for a count of five. You'll hold the breath at the top of the inhale for a count of five. You'll exhale for five, and you'll hold your breath at the bottom of the exhale. But hold is not exactly the right word, because hold implies a gripping, so pause is a better word, where you pause the breath. And there might still be softness in the chest and the throat. Okay, so let's start together. Inhale, two, three, four, five. Pause, two, three, four, five. Exhale, two, three, four, five. Pause, two, three, four, five. And then natural breath. And then we'll do it again. Two cycles. Inhale, two, three, four, five. Pause, two, three, four, five. Exhale, two, three, four, five. Pause, two, three, four, five. Inhale, three, four, five. Pause, keep the throat soft. Five, exhale, two, three, four, five. Pause. And then natural breath. Okay. Let's have you stretch out. Let's have you stretch out for um, relaxation.
You can put something under your head as a pillow. You can put something under your knees as a pillow. You should put your socks on if you're feeling a little chilly. Cover yourself with a blanket as needed. So again, not comparing how you feel on the inside to how others look on the outside. This shape actually is not always relaxing for people. I've heard from enough people that sometimes this shape isn't relaxing. And if it's not relaxing for you, it's not relaxing for you, find a part of your body that feels okay. And just put your mind there whenever you think of it. And then the interesting thing is whether you feel relaxed or not, this pose is actually very healthy for you. So another way to say that is no matter how you're judging your performance, even if you think you're not relaxing well, You're getting the benefit. It's good for the nervous system. It's good for the immune system to take a pause. There's nothing to fix or figure out, so make no effort, even to relax, no effort. Soften the jaw and the lips. Take a moment and release the tongue from the roof of the mouth. Let the tongue relax. It might again rest on the roof of the mouth. Just let it relax. Have a sense of the floor rising up to meet you.
Let your windpipe, your esophagus settle back and down. Find your breath. Bend your knees one at a time and place your feet on the floor. You'll roll to your right to your right side.
And then come up to a seated position. So we shift into the meditation now. If you'd like to sit in a chair, you just leave your stuff and go get a chair. If you're sitting on the floor, you can open up the big square cushion and get yourself set up. So, in general, the purpose of meditation is to tend to our minds. So, how we practice meditation is important. We're not looking for perfect meditation this morning. If you had perfect meditation, you wouldn't need to come to class. Meditation as an opportunity to tend to our hearts and minds. The practice of presence. Take a moment 
and think of someone, bring to mind a being that it's very easy for you to care for. This could be a pet, or a grandchild, or a niece or nephew, or a leader, a teacher, the Dalai Lama. Find a being, and you'll have to pick just one. Someone who it's easy or easy-ish for you to care for. Picture this being in your heart and mind. If it's helpful, say their name silently in your mind a couple times. You might remember a time when this being was happy. You could see them smiling. And you'll say in your mind, you'll repeat the the next phrase in your mind to this being, may you be safe, may you be safe. If you can connect to the meaning of the words, may you be as healthy as possible. Calling to mind this being, saying their name, and remembering the meaning of the phrases. May you know peace and happiness. May you be safe. May you be healthy. May you know peace. And then the same being Reflect on the fact that they have uh, troubles or a burden or some difficulty. 
You might remember a specific difficulty. Try not to get too involved in the story. Just see, just know that this being that you care for also has uh, burdens at times. And then repeating the phrases, touching into the meaning. May you carry your burdens with compassion. May your suffering end quickly. May you feel held even in your difficulties. May you feel held in your difficulties. And then bring your attention to yourself. If it seems helpful, you can place a hand on the chest. You might remember yourself as a child. You might remember yourself now, what you look like now. Just find a way that's easiest. Not that this practice is necessarily easy the way that seems easiest, your way. Bring yourself to mind. You might even say your name to yourself quietly in your mind. May I be safe and protected. Repeat the phrase in your mind. You might not feel anything. Just connect to the meaning. May I be as healthy as possible. May I know peace.
May I care for myself just as I am. May I be safe and protected. May I be as healthy as possible. May I know peace. May I love and accept myself just as I am. And in all beings, your friends and family, people that are at school right now, the people that are at work, people that are in a traffic jam, people that are hiking, people that are in a hospital. People here in the Bay Area, people across the country. People in other countries speaking different languages, praying different prayers. May all beings be safe. May all beings be healthy. May all beings know peace. And if you choose, you can continue with this practice if you're familiar with it. Or you can shift to mindfulness. Resting in the present moment, 
When your mind becomes distracted, just thank your mind. It's your mind's way of trying to help you. When you're distracted, just thank your mind and come back. The breath or the loving kindness practice. Turn your focus.
So at this point in the class, uh, we can put the mats away and we'll gather up close because you all are all very far away for conversation. So let's come closer, chairs and cushions, if you want to sit on the floor, can come closer. At this point in the class, we have a tradition of saying our names so that we can um, hopefully learn each other's names and also just to welcome everybody into the room. So it'll go like this. You'll say your name and then the group will say it back. So Ashley. See, it's easy. And I think we'll start over here today. People are still settling in. Adele. Adele. Jan. Jan. Anne. Lana. Lana. Tori. Tori. Patty. Patty. Gay. Caroline. Caroline. 
Stephanie. Stephanie. Kelly. Kelly. Nancy. Mark. Mark. Ariana. Ariana. Amy. Amy. Ellen. Ellen. Aaron. Aaron. Claudia. Um, are there any comments or questions about the meditation? Um, I just wanted, because I did a more guided than I usually do, and I did a what's considered to be a loving-kindness practice, which is a different, you know, like in yoga, we have different techniques. We have different techniques of um, types of meditation. So it was a different type of meditation. And I just wanted to open space in case there were any questions or comments. About it, yeah. Right. So the idea is like we're training our minds, and um, you want to start with the easy, and then move towards the difficult. And so just to get to get it going, we start with the easy. Now, um, in as it's taught, as it's been taught to me, and as it's taught in this tradition um, from Asia. You start with yourself, and in my experience, having taught and talked to so many people, is that starting with the self is actually quite difficult for many, many people. And so I had to start with an easy person and then go to the more difficult category. Um, and if you want to practice this kind of meditation, you could do it systematically. Start with an easy person and then a difficult person. And then also you would do, um, actually before the difficult, if you're doing the full, the full um, sequence, you go easy person and then you go to a neutral person. This is like somebody that, um, that you don't notice. And this is always trippy for me. I'm like, well, I don't notice them, so how would I know they're neutral? So someone that is, doesn't bring up a lot of feeling, and so maybe someone who um, you get your gas from or the grocery store clerk. So easy person, neutral person, difficult person, and then all beings. This is a sort of general gist, more or less. But the idea was to start easy and then... Anything else? Yeah. Right. Anything else? Okay, I have a talk. If you think of a question or you're too shy to ask, come ask me after. I don't, I don't, I'm not in a rush. So I know sometimes speaking in a group is a big thing. Um, all right, so today's topic, the talk is titled... Arriving at your own door. Arriving at your own door. 
Last week, a lot of you weren't here last week, but last week I talked about the teachings from Brene Brown, who's a researcher, and she uh, has studied um, both shame and vulnerability. And um, I thought, you know, listening to her talk, she's an excellent speaker, but listening to her talks and exploring the ideas around vulnerability, how it's actually really the Buddha's first noble truth that there is that which is hard to bear. There is vulnerability. We're vulnerable to loss. We're vulnerable to injury. We're vulnerable to illness. Things are uncertain. The more certainty we have, the more actually we're in deluded mind because things are actually really uncertain. That things sometimes can be quite raw feeling. And that this is the first noble truth of the Buddha, that, um, that this is the human condition, that it's not our fault when something goes wrong. And she talks about um, uh, vulnerability as actually being the birthplace of creativity, innovation, connection, change. Isn't that beautiful? Because by definition, creativity is something that never existed before. That's vulnerable. Like it's never, it's like putting yourself out there. Or innovation, like something new, or a change, like this, that, that which is change that is our entire life. Um, so this first noble truth, as uh, there's vulnerability, as a doorway into actually connection. So shame then comes up um, because it's vulnerable to be a human and often we feel ashamed and that if you don't feel shame it means you're a sociopath and so if you have a little bit of shame it's okay this is the humanness and that um, shame is actually um, a fear of disconnection If others only knew the real you, they wouldn't want to be your friend or connected, right? Like that sense of unworthiness, a sense of vulnerability, of disconnection. So um, connection gives purpose and meaning to life. And it's actually how we are wired um, physiologically. Like we're wired. When we're babies, like we are wired to have care from our caregiver. We can't actually survive without connection. And in our culture, we often feel very, very disconnected um, because of how things are set up in general, uh, set up that we must um, keep going and perform and live up to certain standards. But actually, you could look at the whole of the practice as um, connection, as touching into vulnerability, touching into connection. So what unravels connection? It's the shame. It's the fear of disconnect. And it's universal. Um, In order for connection, we have to allow ourselves to be seen. This is why I read that quote at the beginning. Right? We have to allow ourselves to be seen. We have to see that this is the human condition um, that um, that it's uncertain at times, and that um, let's see. So I was talking to people last night about this topic, and uh, what came up for people really was how um, 
how it's easier for them to show compassion and to show empathy to others. So what dissolves shame is empathy or compassion. That's what dissolves shame, this, this sense of that we are all in this together. Me too. Like, oh, like me too. We're all subject to fall over in a yoga class. We're all subject to feel like we're not worthy at times. Like, me too. Like, empathy is the path into uh, the dissolving of shame, the path into connection. So acknowledging our vulnerability is actually the very path towards connection, towards awakening. And so then the question is uh, self-compassion. So can we be kind and understanding when confronted with our personal failings? Because that is what it is to be human, right? To have humanness. As far as I can tell, that's what it is to be human. We're not called, I don't know, perfect beings. We're human beings. We're, we're, we've got our foibles. Um, and so the, the, the task becomes to, to actually connect, to connect with ourselves, to offer compassion to ourselves, to honor and accept our humanness. Because we're all going to rub up against our limitations. We're all going to fall short of our ideals. We're all going to make mistakes. Instead of fighting this, the invitation is to open our hearts to that reality. And that takes a lot of compassion, right? We have to put the judging mind aside. That is a whole task in itself. We like to judge. It feels very self-righteous. But the judging mind would put it aside. Like, oh yeah, this is the humanness. Um, and that the practice of yoga and meditation, this is why I introduced it as a, at the beginning as a practice of self-care. So easy to come to meditation or come to yoga or come to whatever it is that we're doing out of like, oh, like I'm not worthy, I need to be better. Um, and instead, the invitation is to use the practices as a way to tend to ourselves, to nourish and protect ourselves out of care and concern and respect. So the process of how we practice meditation, the practice of how we practice yoga, it can be very important. I could look at someone in a yoga pose, and I can't tell from the outside, are they doing it out of self-hatred, or are they doing it out of self-care? And one is a skillful path, right? One is a skillful way leading us into connection, and one is uh, unskillful leading us into disconnect. Um, I think it's very interesting that the word yoga means union, is pointing to this connection, leading us into connection. Our willingness to be with our imperfections leads us into connection with each other and with ourselves. Um, and then the question is, how do we do it? So I've talked about this before. I'm getting all the uh, support of the researchers, Western science. There's a woman, Kristen Neff, who talks about self-compassion, and she also has an excellent book too. Um, and she talks about a self-compassion break. So it sounds nice, offer empathy and compassion, and that will dissolve shame. Like, that sounds great. Like, who doesn't want some of that? But then how does that actually happen, right? When, when that sense of unworthiness arises, does it arise for you sometimes like for me when it happens it's like this see how my body like it's like this collapse feeling 
this collapse and like, oh, for me it shows up. It shows up different for everybody, but it shows up in this like, oh, I can't deal, right? Like I just want to withdraw, this collapse. So when that's happening, when you're stuck in it and it can feel like um, a swamp, like the swamp land, like how, how, how do we, what are some skills not because that's a bad or a wrong place, but actually that's a place of suffering. So how, how do we deal with that? And then the self-compassion. So um, Kristen Neff talks about taking a self-compassion break, and she gives uh, three steps. I've taught this before, but it bears repeating because it's maybe your skull isn't as thick as mine, but it takes a while to remember <laughs> these steps. So the first step is to notice this is a moment of vulnerability. Okay, so for me, it'd be like, oh, I'm sitting on the couch, and I don't want to go out in the world, and I don't want anybody to see me. Like, oh, this is a moment of vulnerability. And you could say this in any way that works for you, but it's a way of acknowledging that there's some difficulty right now, there's some suffering. So you could say, uh, this hurts, or ouch. Because the thing is, when we're stuck in a shame spiral or when we're suffering, um, often we don't, even, we don't even know it's happening. So we need a little bit of mindfulness. So this acknowledgement with a, a little phrase, this first step, like this is a moment of ouch or this hurts or like uh, just acknowledging this is the first step. And then the second step is to remember that um, difficulties or vulnerabilities are a part of life. Other people experience this too. It's so easy. I talked a lot about this last week, about how we think that difficulties or vulnerability is a weakness, that it's wrong, that something's wrong when that's happening. That's actually a misunderstanding. It's not true. It's the nature of life, and that it's an opportunity to connect and to grow, and to show up again and again with courage. So the first step is to notice when that's happening and name it. Ouch. It's like this today. There's vulnerability right now. The second step is to notice that this is a part of life. And you could say something to yourself like, I am not alone, or we all struggle. So something to remind yourself, a little bit of wisdom. And then the third step is to offer some kind words to yourself. And this can be um, uh, just however, like for me, actually, like a kind gesture is really helpful. This touching here or this. In fact, do this right now. See if, see if it works for you. Like this sense of, it might not, but see if it does. Like a kind, right? Like, oh. Or maybe for you it's better like this one, the hand on the heart. Ah. Right? Like, so a gesture, or you might say something to yourself. um, May I give myself compassion, or may I love myself just as I am? So, this third step is an action, is a doing, whether it's a gesture or a phrase of kindness to yourself. All right? Can we try it? We're going to try it right now, if you like. If you don't like, you can just do mindfulness meditation, but we're going to try it. And um, what I'd like you to do is pull up a situation that's difficult for you. Don't pick the hardest thing. <laughs> pick something that you can practice with. 
so that you're like developing the, the, the scope of it, right? Rather than like, oh, I'm going to dive in. I mean, you can pick the hardest thing if you want. I, I'm, I don't know. But maybe pick a little easier thing. Um, so let's just pause. You can close your eyes. If closing your eyes feels too closed in, if we think about when you think about a difficult thing, you could look down and take a couple breaths. And think about a difficulty that you're experiencing in your life. And if it's difficult, so sometimes these exercises for me, I'm like, I don't have any difficulties. So if that comes up, that's fine too. You can note that. But some situation, you can think about um, the situation. And as you're thinking about the situation, you might notice the things you tell yourself about the situation. How the situation, how your body is feeling right now as you start to think about it. So the first step is to just note this is a moment of suffering. Or maybe if that language doesn't speak to you, this hurts. Or even as simple as, ouch. And then the second step, say to yourself, I am not alone. Other people feel this way too. We all struggle. Difficulties are a part of life. And then the third step, you can do a gesture if that seems appropriate. And you would say to yourself, may I be kind to myself? May I respect myself just as I am? You can let your eyes open. Hmm. Are there any comments or questions about that exercise? Did the problem stick? Are you still feeling it? Yeah. All right. Shake it off. Yeah, shake your hands. Do it. Yeah. Oh, oh can we make a sound? Is that too vulnerable? Oh. Ooh, ooh, horsey lips. All right. <laughs> okay, hopefully it didn't stick too much. And then the last place I want to go with this talk is... Um, Arriving at your own door. So I got a poem for us. This is by Derek Walcott. Derek Walcott. The time will come when, 
with elation, you will greet yourself arriving at your own door in your own mirror and will smile at the other's welcome and stay and say, sit here, eat. You will love again the stranger who was yourself. Give wine, give bread. Give back your heart to itself. To the stranger who has loved you all your life, whom you ignored for another, who knows you by heart. Take down the love letters from the bookshelf, the photographs, the desperate notes. Peel your own image from the mirror. Sit, feast on your own life. So, I'm going to go, I, we, we went pretty psychological, right? Now I'm going to go big picture. We're not those stories. Who we are is awareness itself. We're not limited by those stories. Those are stories that come and go. Who you are is more mysterious than those small parts is awareness itself, our presence. And this is when I start to talk about this. This isn't something that's like Western or scientific that we can like dissect and find. It's the mystery. Someone was talking about this last night, this, this, the mystery that is life, that we walk into, that we are, that we show up and we have hearts that can love and that care that we have awareness, that we are awareness. Have awareness isn't precise either. I'm going into the poetic, right? That we, we, ne- we need to remember again and again and again because we forget. It's like we're living in a trance, in a dream. And that we come to places like this to remind ourselves. We go in nature to remind ourselves. Can we wake up? Can we wake up to this? And you remember that you are, in fact, the knowing, this Buddha heart, this Buddha nature. You greet yourself at the door, smiling, and feast on your life. So let's take a little pause before we go further. Okay, I'm going to end with the same quote I started with. The moment that you feel that just possibly you're walking down the street naked, exposing too much of your heart and your mind and what exists on the inside, showing too much of yourself, that's the moment you may be starting to get it right. We have a couple minutes for uh, comments, questions, yes, buts. And then I did have a question to seed this discussion. If you have something that you want to say that's um, different than my question, that's fine. But my question is, um, what is self-compassion? How does it show up for you? Because I gave a little exercise, but I thought it would be helpful to hear maybe there's some gems. I know that there's wisdom in this room, like little gems from other people in the room. What is self-compassion? How do you practice it, or how does it show up? Patty has something for us. 
Oh, I think I turned it off. Uh-oh. getting good at them. Yeah. Before I answer the question, I want to share something that amused me no end. Okay. In that first exercise, you asked us not to choose someone difficult. So I went to a person who used to be my difficult person, and now I feel quite affectionate. And so I went to that person. Then when it came to the problem, I went back to that same person. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm just, I was amused that depending on conditions and causes, yeah. sometimes the same person can be yeah. the easiest to love and the hardest to love. Yeah, <laughs> that's beautiful. Thank but you. I, yeah. <clears throat> in answer to your question, my new book, I have a new book out called Even Vegans Die. We talk about the embarrassment when we get sick. Yeah. That anyone who has a yoga practice, a running practice, a dietary habit, or any kind of health routine, when people get sick, they're embarrassed and ashamed. Yeah. And self-compassion is important because without it, we reinforce the myth of separateness. Yeah. And when we recognize we're all interdependent on one another. Right. It's easier to be compassionate toward ourselves and others. Yeah. Yeah, like, that's why I do actually really um, love the Buddhist teachings because it's like, yeah, we're all, like, even vegans get sick. Like, even if we're the healthiest person in the world, we're going to get sick. Like, that's, it's, it's fine. In some level, and I think this is actually quite profound, that if you've gotten sick or... If something that's happened is difficult for you, it's not your fault. And I understand that we can parse out, like, if I had done this different, right? But actually, like, even if you do everything perfect from now until, like, 10 years from now, if that were somehow possible, which it's not, like, you're still going to have difficulties. This is the first noble truth. So it's not your fault, when things are difficult, it's vulnerable. This is there is vulnerability. Yeah, so beautiful. Thank you. Yeah, just pass it right over. Uh, so for self compassion, for me, I, I think I've come to a place where, for the most part, I do the best I can, mm-hmm. and I sometimes I fall short, mm-hmm. um, but it's usually is as much as I can give or as best as I can do at that time. Right. And so just a, a belief that that's who I am and that's how I show up um, mm-hmm. gives me a little more compassion for myself. Beautiful. So that sounds to me, tell me if I'm wrong, but it sounds like you're really resting your integrity on your um, practice of doing the best you can and, not, and understanding that the outcomes aren't always going to be what you want. Yeah. Yeah, and some days they're great outcomes, and some days, nah, not yeah. so much. Yeah. It's like, yeah, beautiful. And some days I'm better, better at it than other days. Yeah. Some days the best you can is better than other days. Yes. Right. Yeah. Beautiful. Thank you. Anybody else have self-compassion nuggets? Was that too? Um, maybe it's too high stress. I like to call it a nugget. I'm not sure if it's a nugget, but um, okay. <laughs> I, I um, came out of the Hoffman process about a couple of days ago. The what process? Hoffman process. Okay. And um, we 
sort of ex were exploring the, the patterns that we were getting from our parents and how we are deep down spiritual um, beings, pure beings, mm. and how once you shed that and, and you connect to that pure spiritual self, then um, you start having more compassion for yourself. Uh, yeah. Which was really useful for me. Yeah. yeah, beautiful. Thank you. Anybody else? Do you have one? You got the mic. <laughs> Maybe a little bit. Okay. I'm a little bit, I'm going to go the other way a little bit though. Okay. Because self compassion for me a lot of times is accepting that I had a part in something and then, ah. and then accepting that I'm, you know, whatever unpleasantness I'm involved in, uh-huh. I had a hand in it. Yeah. And so part of my compassion is saying, accepting that, that yeah. I had a part in it, and then having acceptance of myself from right. that kind of direction. Yeah. You know, along beautiful. with doing the best you can. Yeah. You know. Yeah. I it's, mean, that's all really solid, yeah. too. But I have that, that would be a little counterintuitive element. Maybe. Right. But I think that's, that's beautiful. Yeah. Um, lately I found that finding that person that you can open up to mm-hmm. and reveal your unique vulnerabilities, because I think all of our vulnerabilities are incredibly unique, yeah. and finding someone who actually um, understands what yeah. it is that's making things difficult for you and openly sharing that with someone is right. helpful. Okay, so in my research, this you're pointing to, I found another person... Another woman scientist researcher, um, she is talking about four qualities, um, four qualities of empathy. So sometimes the language, like I, I'm using self-compassion, empathy, right, the language, but she's saying um, uh, four steps. So the first is to see things from the other's perspective. So when you're talking about sharing, like the person you're sharing with is seeing things from your perspective, seeing your unique vulnerabilities. And staying out of judgment is the second step. The third is recognizing the commonality of the emotion. And the fourth is communicating. So this is just what you've talked about, right? Like you're communicating with someone and someone's communicating back with you and uh, seeing things from your perspective and not um, trying to fix or silver lining it. Do you know that silver lining it? Well, yes, but, right? But actually just seeing like, oh, like this is this is how it is in your unique perspective and your unique vulnerabilities. I think it's beautiful. Thank you. And and also someone it needs to be someone you really feel safe with. Yeah. And it's usually mutual. You're yeah. both, you know. Yeah. Revealing. Yeah. Those vulnerabilities. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So pointing to that connection is the way out of shame or the way out. Like finding someone that you trust and feel safe with to connect. Beautiful, thank you. Yeah, I think all the way over. No, you got you got the room because of the high ceilings and I know it's. Um, I went to a really wonderful workshop with Kristen Neff. Um, oh, good. About six months ago, and and what sh- she said something that really stuck, which was self compassion without mindfulness doesn't is not really as helpful or effective. Ah. So this idea of 
the mindfulness piece coming first. Uh-huh. So cultivating that sense of what's happening right. so that you can then connect to the that element of, right. of self-compassion. Right. And that was a really, it's subtle and it's in some ways really obvious, but that language really stuck for me and helped to cultivate that practice right. Right. Uh, in a different way. Yeah. We can't respond to what's happening if we don't know what's happening. Just straight up. It's beautiful. Mindfulness is a lovely, wonderful, I'm going to use a lot of hyperbole, um, amazing, fantastic practice. I recommend it. Yeah. (laughs) I'm sold. (laughs) Anybody else? Yeah, last one. Yeah, this will be the last one. This is a really simple one too. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, kind of for my own my own self, I've I've taken up the piano late late ah. in life, <laughs> and um, and I'm not very good, but I like practicing. And and I have this old piano from a great aunt, so there's some family connection there. And so anyway, I've taken these group classes here and again, and I I, I uh, participate in like a community ed duet class, and I practice and I learn. And but I always have these. Um, uh, and performance anxieties when we do this little little thing at the end. So um, I can play it perfectly at home, and then I get on this stage with this very small audience, and I make mistakes. And so I used to berate myself all the time for this anxiety, and and um, and I've kind of reframed it a little bit. Like, okay, well, I made mistakes. Like we just had one last week, and okay, I made some mistakes, but I've learned something, and I tried to find the positive in 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 what came out of it, and. Um, what made me smile at this last performance was I saw someone from a class a while ago, and um, and I again had made mistakes. And um, she came up to me and she said, "Well, you were that's so inspiring. I remember when we were in class like years ago, and you know you you, you played so well, blah blah blah, all this feedback, right?" So um, I guess I just saw how you know it can really be so limiting getting stuck in that judgment, you know, about yourself. So anyway, just wanted to share that. It's like um, this, it's actually true that if you're willing to do the performance and make the mistake, like you're, that's the development of courage. Courage isn't like once everything's perfect and you don't make mistakes. Courage is willing, right? And that can be inspiring to people. Like we want to see that because that's what it is to be a human. Yeah. Beautiful. Thank you. That's a good ending one. Um, So... uh, Let's see. I am on Sunday. If you live in the East Bay or want to come to the East Bay, I'm doing a mindfulness workshop and it'll be a similar in format to this class where we do yoga, asana, and guided meditation and the topic of mindfulness. And that's um, in Oakland on Sunday. And I forgot the flyers, but if you're interested, come talk to me and I can get your info and send it to you. Um, and then who's, who's doing, Carolyn? Are you doing, who's doing the announcements? Or sh- I can do it. Okay. 
also then our very brief closing, may it be safe and protected and may it be as healthy as possible and may you know peace and self-love. If there are any blessings from this practice, any goodness arising, let's offer that. In fact, put your hands up. Offer that out. See if you could beam out blessings out into the world. May all beings everywhere know peace and the causes of peace. Bring your hands to touch. Thank you so much. I could not do it without you. Come again next week. I hope to see you soon. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed continue these offerings, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.